We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome back to the Geek Centric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in today's fantastic fourth episode of the season, we kick off with a few trailers directly from this year's Super Bowl, and then we delve even deeper into the multiverse as we look at an alternate universe where a good version of the Fantastic Four was finally made during our topic of the show. But if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, we have the joyous judge of jarring geriatrics, Justin. Are you saying I'm old? <laughs> it might have something to do with one of the trailers we're going to talk about, Justin. Oh, I see. I, I always try to theme these okay. in a way. Okay, I see okay. you. I see you. Okay, yeah. All okay. right. Clever, clever. <laughs> And on his screen next to him, we have the calm, cool, and collected Kansas City Crusher, Kevin Hudson. It's clobbering time, boys. There you go, right? Well, didn't they they lose? They lost in the the Super Bowl. I mean, bowl. What is what is it? A Super Bowl? It's it was a Super Bowl, <laughs> but the effort was a, a far more reminiscent of a bowel movement. Uh, oh by shoot! One of the teams, so, <laughs> oh so. no! All right, well, guys, how's it going today? Did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Did you catch the halftime show, or was it all about those trailers? I catch the halftime show. It was yeah. it was it was interesting. Uh, yeah, a lot a lot of people saying that the um the us characters the tethered were were showing yeah. up on the yeah. on the field that it was felt interesting. very inspired by that for sure yeah it certainly did didn't it yeah yeah i think I, honestly though shout out to the weekend i thought it was still pretty cool to see a canadian you know represent well yeah and i and i even said after uh like it did not make me like the weekend anymore i'm not gonna be listening <laughs> downloading any songs i just i'm not a huge fan of his voice for sure. whatever reason but that's like a top five of all time uh, halftime performances for sure. Yeah. He put on a terrific show. So it was entertaining for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of entertainment, guys, um, we're in the second month of the year and we've had a little bit more time under our belts and a little more time on the couch uh, to consume some of that entertainment. So, guys, uh, since last week, I want to know, uh, Justin, whatcha? Hmm. Well, last week I was talking about the Fast and Furious uh, movies that I was watching. Well, I'm mm -hmm. happy to say that I got through seven. Bald nice. my eyes as always with that Paul oh, no. Paul Walker send off. Yeah. Um. Then I I moved into eight, which was abysmal, and then I even went ahead and I watched Hobbs and Shaw, which was entertaining. It was fun. <laughs> it's it's really it's really. I found dumb. that one a bit of a letdown. It, I guess so, but they they seem to be seed planting for their own universe, which I think was is is interesting, and and I and I think that's how if if the Fast and Furious franchise was to keep going, because like. Deckard Shaw's uh, character and his family and with Helen Mirren as his mom and, you know, his sisters in the in the Hobbs and Shaw movie. It, it's interesting to see how they flushed out these characters to make them a little bit more interesting. Like, I'd like to see a little bit more of that backstory. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it was fun. Um, and then after all that, uh, obviously, in the recent news, uh, Christopher Plummer uh, passed away. 
Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Canadian actor, 91 years old. I didn't watch any of the movies that he was actually really well known in. I actually watched a murder mystery uh, duo. Mm-hmm. It was a double bill over the weekend. And I watched uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, the David Fincher version. Nice. Um, yeah. Which has Daniel Craig as the detective, if you will. And then I watched uh, <laughs> Knives Out uh, immediately yeah. after, where so Daniel good. Craig is. And, and man, these. You know, his movies for him to attach his name to and for his, you know, as as small as his performance was in both movies, he did really bring a sense of, you know, despair and, and loss in, you know, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. And yeah. then in, in uh, Knives Out, like obviously the complete opposite, quirky. I loved you know, him so funny. much. In I, I yeah. loved when I just loved the scene when he realizes he's he's understanding that the morphine's going to kill him, and he's like, "I should really write this down. This is a <laughs> plausible way to actually kill someone." So yeah, you know, it, yeah. just those little moments that were very endearing, and, and obviously the compassion his his character has for uh, his his nurse. So um, yeah, I, that's that's what I did since last week is is pretty much went through all that. So very cool. Yeah, Kevin, whatcha? Um, I haven't been focusing as much over the last week on entertainment. Uh, this was a big sports week for me. Uh, so I did uh, catch up. Uh, I had a couple episodes of Your Honor to watch. I still got a couple more to finish out the uh, the season. Watched the newest episode of Snowpiercer. Still trudging along begrudgingly with that one. <laughs> but Are you, uh, You're not hate-watching it yet. Like I know we talked about Justin hate-watching something the other day. You're not you're not hate watching. I refuse to hate watch anything. If I don't like it, I'm not wasting my time. Okay. So okay, I'm invested good. enough that I'll I'll put it on. It's something to All watch. Right. But uh, right. I don't know. We had uh, you know obviously the Super Bowl on Sunday. My boys, the 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 blue and white, the Leafs went three and zero this week. So that was uh, awesome. I hope they can continue it and stay at top of the league. I'm I'm happy that you know a month into my hockey season here, the Leafs are top in the league, and so that's fun. And I'm going to enjoy that and relish it as long as I can. Well, you know, listen, as soon as that comes to Netflix, I'll definitely give it a go. Um, well, they're, they're working on the Amazon Prime documentary series about <laughs> really? them, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I was joking, but that actually sounds interesting. And I, I mean, if this is the year they actually go and, and compete and, and challenge for the cup, what a perfect time for Amazon to have picked to follow amazing. them around yeah. the, the rinks and stuff. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. I'm certainly excited for that. All right, legit. Maybe that'll be a watch it for me uh, one day, but... Uh, for yeah, for for this past week, um, more Superstore. I, I mentioned it on the show last time that I've been enjoying Superstore quite a bit. Um, I'm almost caught up to to where they are on TV on season six, so I'm I'm almost on season five, uh, and it's just getting better and better. And it's it's. I mean, I think I'm I'm at a place now where I'm like I'm okay with it ending um, in its last season in season six. Like I'm 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 not at a place where I'm like I need more. Um, but it's just, a, it was a, it's a delightful sort of, uh, uh, little show and it's, it's, um, I don't know. I don't think it has the lasting impact that something like the office would have. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I started the, uh, show called the expanse on, uh, on Amazon prime. Um, <clears throat> it's, I believe it was originally a sci-fi original show or a space show or one of those channels um and i will say in its first season i'm only five episodes in in its first season you can you can really tell that it's a it's a low budget sort of sci-fi show um its pacing is all off i will start with that um and it doesn't seem like it's very confident 
in what it in in what it's trying to do. It, it feels like it. They're, they're they saw Game of Thrones and they're like, oh, we got to do that. Let's come up with like a an ensemble series and just throw you right in the middle of it without holding your hand at all. Um, so what I'm saying is I'm not enjoying it that much. However, season three or yeah, I think it's season three. They were actually purchased and then released from Amazon. And apparently that's when it starts to get good because I'm looking at reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and it's in the like high 80s on Rotten Tomatoes. People are giving it nine out of tens, tens out of tens. Um, and so they they must be talking about the later series. But I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the whole like just oh trust me just wait till after season two season three it gets really good like do you guys Kevin you were just saying you don't stick with series if you don't like them like that yeah if I've got to invest you know twenty hours into something before it gets good I don't know <laughs> if I'm if I'm that patient yeah quite frankly yeah I, I don't know I, I'm kind of on the same page like it, it depends on how much is really worth investing like if I think of something like. Um, Clone Wars is kind of like that. I feel like you know that was. I would say that, so. Yeah, that was a painful part of Clone Wars. Was getting first through the first probably like two seasons before it really started to like kind of pick up. Maybe even like two and a half. Really. Yeah, it's one, sure. like, I know one show that a lot of people say you just got to get through the first little bit. Uh, you hear it all the time. Is The Office. You know, just get yeah. to season two, and you know it really starts to find its legs and and its own identity. That's six twenty-two minute long episodes. I can. I can rough through something like that a little bit yeah. better than if you've got 10 40-minute long episodes and I've got to get yeah. through two seasons. That's a lot more time invested, you know, that if I'm not enjoying myself, ugh, it's rough. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. But I'm listen, I'm going to hold out. And the reason I don't think I can skip to season three is because so far, even in these five episodes, it's so dense. Like they're, they've got the crazy lingo. They've got characters that are speaking in a different like accent that's not anything accent that like we've heard before. So it's it's interesting. Um, the other thing eating my time, and then we're we're gonna move on. Um, is Cyber Shadow. Um, if you guys, if you like old school side scrolling, you know, action platforming games, Cyber Shadow on Nintendo Switch. I think it's also on PlayStation and on PC as well. Um, and it's oh, it's on Xbox Game Pass as well, which is really cool. So if you've got an Xbox with Game Pass. You can download that. But Cyber Shadow is this futuristic uh, Ninja Gaiden-like game, but um, it's it's incredibly difficult. Like, it's, it's, it's as difficult as games were back in the day on what it's based on, right? Like, those retro games that are... You know, you're, you've you got checkpoints, but they're far and few between, and you have to, like, nail the most perfect execution of buttons to get to the, the next side of the screen, but... What you're um, telling me, I'm it's, a, so it's a controller thrower then, eh? Yes. Oh, dude. <laughs> Kevin, I'm telling you, like, I'm... Like I'm playing on the Switch Lite, and if you were playing on the Switch Lite, I don't think you'd have a Switch anymore. So <laughs> you'd have to be you'd have to be very careful with it. Um, but definitely check out Cyber Shadow if you're into those uh, those old school side scrolling uh, ninja future you know games. Um, but guys, that is it for Whatcha. Um, as I mentioned, we got a chance to uh, some of us got a chance to catch the Super Bowl, and uh, hopefully you did as well. Um, but the most important parts of the Super Bowl aren't—they're not the game, and they're definitely not the uh, the halftime show, and not even the commercials. You know what the most important things are? The trailers. It's trailer time. Ah, oh, I miss hearing that. 
so much. Uh, we, we haven't heard Kevin's sweet, sweet voice with his uh, banjo that he plays uh, in quite some time. One take. Um, Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Kevin, thank you so much for, for playing that for us. Well, you wouldn't let me blow on a jug, so I had to do something. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of blowing on a jug, uh, guys, let's talk about this first trailer. No, there's no there's no jug blowing in this first I was like, trailer, I don't guys. Think I saw this trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Fast Nine. I mean, Justin, I think you're the most prepared out of all of us. Uh, we got this latest Fast Nine trailer uh, directed by Justin Lin. Uh, of course, you you know it's starring uh, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Charlize Theron, Helen Mirren, Michael Rooker, Natalie Emmanuel, John Cena. Who isn't starring in it? It's just everyone. I'm in it. I might be in it. Um, <laughs> uh, Did you say the, Michael Rooker's in it? Michael Rooker's in it, oh, dude. Cool. I don't know what he's doing in there. Who, they haven't shown his character. I, I imagine he might be a villain of some kind. That'd I hope he's a villain. Um, Justin, what do you what did you think of the uh, of this this thirty second um, dopamine rush that is this trailer? Well, it was much shorter than the original trailer that launched last year, which was probably yeah. Two you mean half. the whole movie? Yeah. <laughs> you mean the whole movie yeah. that was in that trailer? And yeah. They even for gave sure. away like the big thing with like apparently Hans back, who is uh, the yes. uh, the character from Tokyo Drift, who was in four, five, and six, uh, inevitably uh, died in at the beginning of seven. Uh, spoiler mm-hmm. alert if you haven't seen Fast. I haven't seen it, but I've already heard about yeah, all that. So, so um, his character was was uh, very appreciated. So, you know, we everyone knew that there was going to be a point in time when he was going to die. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they justify it. Because apparently people just don't die. Like, Michelle Rodriguez died and then she came back in, you know, yeah. six, right? Like, you know, no. it's just, you know. They, it doesn't and, matter And, and they some, in some ways kept... Paul Walker alive really yeah you know in a weird twisted way but uh you know now Han seems to be coming back and uh you know Justin Lin's back to direct which I'm really excited for because he really like he did uh Tokyo Drift Fast Furious he did the good ones yeah he did all the ones that established and and took the franchise to like global blockbuster stardom um yeah uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I think that this is a little bit, it feels like there's a, you know, there's this whole sequence where he's with his family, you know, his family, yeah. all the people that he's done these, you know, his crew. Uh, and it looks like there, it was a bit of a dream sequence. I don't know. I, I kind of seemed almost a little too perfect. You know, everyone, oh, you know, everyone's, you know, like his kids there and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, one, the one cool thing with some of the car sequences, it looks like they're using magnets of some kind. I think that's going to be the big... Well, yeah, we've got cars thing. driving sideways now somehow <laughs> on their sides. Yeah, All right. So I, I feel like that's there like need a magnet. wheels where we're going. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a magnet to like catch the car, right? And it goes yeah. into the truck. So uh, uh, that's, that's going to be cool. It. We got a taste of that dialogue that you talked about in uh, in our, our previous episode, uh, where you know he's just. I think what does he say? Like it's something like, "Don't you wish it could be like the old days?" He's like all the time. And I'm just yeah. like, this is, no, honestly, no, yeah. Do you don't you miss? Do you miss the old times? Right? Yeah, he's like yeah. every day, every right? day. Oh so, my gosh! Um, honestly, like if they can make if they can make the physics of that happen then yeah they can bring people back from the dead i'm not gonna blink an eye you yeah. know it's whatever it's, it's a whole other whatever. territory so uh, i'm excited to see it as i've already expressed uh you know it is it's almost like a guilty pleasure if you will because yeah. like they're not they're not great movies by any standards but they're fun they're entertaining yeah right and you know it, it, you know you laugh at it like I, I find myself laughing at things that probably shouldn't be laughed at but they're just ridiculous so there you go i don't know they're fun i guess yeah. the real question is are we going to get to see it on May twenty eighth, in well, a movie theater, the way it's meant yeah, to be. Yeah, and that's and that's that was what was funny too. Is the end in theaters soon? There was no date, 
right? Because they don't want to commit to a date based on everything that's going on, variants and vaccines not being distributed. My life might not get back to normal as fast as everyone hopes. Uh, As fast as those cars drive. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. As fast as Fast (laughs) 9, let me tell you. Um, uh, I thought there was an intention to actually have it on HBO Max at the same time. Um, Mm, So if, if that's the case, then... We could be we could be good, but that's that's one. If it doesn't hit HBO Max and it's on like iTunes Store, I'll definitely buy it and like you know rent it. I'd be down. I'd be down. Like even if it's even if it got to the point where it was at least safe enough for us to gather in small groups outside, uh, and we could we could hook up that that big giant screen in, in your backyard, Justin or Kevin or or either one of you, you know, and and have a nice little you know we could be family you know we're family <laughs> fast nine yeah that'd be a lot of fun do a barbecue beforehand yeah right that'd be great um and you know i i would love that because i'd love just to see you guys up close and see your face and see all the wrinkles and just see how old you're getting speaking of old <laughs> um let's talk about this next uh very interesting trailer from M Night Shyamalan Called Old. Uh, this is starring Rufus uh, Sewell, Thomason McKenzie, Embeth Davids, um, <laughs> Eliza Scanlon, and Abby Lee. Uh, and essentially, you know, all the people that you knew in Fast 9, yeah, none of those people are in this movie because <laughs> I don't know any of these people. Um, the plot is kept under wraps, but obviously it's about a family that, or a couple families and they end up on an island and they all start getting old. Yeah. It seems um, like, it seems what like what's going on. It, 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 it's, it's very interesting. I was very compa- Like I, I watched that trailer like at least three times just to grasp yeah. what was going on, but it does look like it's like, you know, a family vacation where to this beach where time is just moving so rapidly and it's aging these people. So it's weird, it was like, really crazy how, how it was cut together. It was very suspenseful for this short amount of time that the trailer was. So that yeah. was really well okay. done. I kind of got like a WandaVision vibe from it almost yeah. in, in that everything loss. was moving so fast, you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't compare this this garbage to <laughs> my favorite show, Justin. It's not like Lost. This That's... honestly, something. sometimes I think that M. Night Shyamalan sits down on the toilet and then thinks like, I should make a movie where there's an island where people just turn old. Great. Let's make it. Like, like I honestly, it just looks like no thought was put into this. I could be, I'm, I'm hoping I'm very wrong because when M. Night Shyamalan wins, I think he makes amazing films. But when he, when he doesn't win, <laughs> like it's just, it's just some of the worst stuff that I've ever seen. And this seems like that might be leaning what's, what's, more what's towards that direction. What's one of his direction. worst movies that you've seen? Um, I don't even remember the the name of it, but Mark Wahlberg's in it, and the trees end up killing everybody. Could it possibly be the trees? <laughs> it's like, come on, or the one with the grandparents that eat their kids or something? I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh, that I, one I, was I, really I, weird. Yeah, that one. That was right, from, though. It, it got yeah. all right reviews yeah, yeah, compared it, to it, Lady it, in the Water, yeah, the Lady in the Water, Airbender. Really, yeah, Lady in the Water was oh, really bad. Airbender. Airbender, yeah, yeah, that Come must have on. made you. That's what I was thinking you were gonna say because you're such an Airbender so fan. Mad. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, dude. A- Avatar: The La- Okay, that movie was him saying, "Oh, I've watched two episodes, the first two episodes of season one with my kids. I'll make a whole movie out of this." I'm like, you, you just you don't know that, anyways. Anyway, that still had uh, one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Yeah, that oh, first trailer was great. So trailer, yeah, yeah, awful awful movie um and i i really hope they fix it with uh some of the live action stuff that i think netflix is working on but um but yeah no uh interesting old comes out july 23rd 2021 and we'll be a little bit older after seeing it 
Um, <laughs> guys, we've got one more trailer to talk about. We are moving so quickly, uh, almost at the pace of like a falcon. Speaking of a falcon. <laughs> My God, these segues. <laughs> I'm on it tonight. Yeah. Um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, we got a new, really, really, honestly, phenomenal trailer i thought it was so well done um this this series is all all six episodes directed by carrie skoglund um with malcolm spellman on writing uh starring anthony mackie sebastian stan daniel Bruhl, uh wyatt russell and emily van camp um this looked so good the way that it starts with the 16 by 9 aspect ratio like opening up to that sound that like i was just like Oh, it looks. It, oh. it it felt like the opening took took some notes from like Wandavision and the certain yeah. sort of like flexibility of moving aspect ratio. Just to having kind of, fun with that. Yeah, having fun with it. This does feel like a very return to 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 some sort of form of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because especially yes. getting out of the weird of what will be Wandavision, which is very mm-hmm. different and refreshing. But I think this will be nice and familial for for audiences and you know deep. It looks like it's a deep dive into like a very seedy world that they're going to be getting into with whatever Daniel Bruhl's Zemo's character is, is involved in or if he gang knows. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of theories. I think, I think when uh, we were doing the Disney investor podcast and we had Darcy on, he had, was mentioning how that crime syndicate world that, that they seem to be hinting at is very much closely tied to something that uh, the Wolverine has been associated with in the Marvel comics. And if that's uh, a way that they bring him in as someone that might remember Bucky or had knows Bucky, um, and they, you know, they get some sort of uh, reconnection, um, which would be really cool. It would be really cool to say that Bucky already knew who Logan was, if that's how you yeah. introduced him. So I think that's a really cool concept. So seeing a little bit more of that leads me to think that maybe Darcy might be onto something. If we don't get Logan, that's okay. But we might see that that other sort of seedy, uh, as, as he was describing it, like a crime syndicate world, if you will. Yeah, I'm down. Absolutely. Kevin. Yeah, uh, every time I see something from it, I'm just blown away by the production quality. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a TV show, it looks just absolutely stunning and like basically just, you know, an episodic movie, uh, if yes. you will. And so, uh, yeah, I'm stoked for it. I think it'll be good. I'm glad that it uh, it gives us something to look forward to right after WandaVision wraps. So, you know, we, we won't be left uh, waiting for, for our source of mcu content yeah and it's gonna be right after right like it's gonna be a week a week uh, two weeks after the finale this this show drops so that's gonna be that's gonna be good listeners uh be prepared because we're gonna have one week off from watch club and then we're gonna be right back at it with watch club the falcon and winter soldier um so i'm so stoked to just continue diving through phase four through the mcu uh i'm just honestly though like I have to say, like, we applaud WandaVision for knowing what it is and being so dedicated to owning its own identity. And this this looks like it's doing the same thing, but for an action movie. For, for you know, re- as you said, returning to form, being like a almost like a Winter Soldier or a Civil War. Like, they, it knows what it is, right? And, and it's going to just really play on it. And just, they started playing uh, Is He Ready by Migos, and I'm just like... Ah, oh, well, the blood was pumping. I was in. Like, I, <laughs> I, I that's why I'm so fired up right now. Yeah, like, it yeah. was. Ah, oh, yeah. No, so I think. Stoked. I think what's interesting too is what the trailer does seem to capture a little bit more of is 
you know, obviously the the maybe the threat, but also their dynamic and the dynamic yes. that we've already kind of oh, yeah. seen of like these sort of you know, big brother sort of, you know, like they like each other, but they don't like each other. They they kind of bicker like a married couple, like a buddy cop sort of uh, motif, while also infusing a spy thriller, as you were mentioning, with the reference to like Civil War and, and yeah. uh, Winter Soldier. So it's going to have some fun personal and I think some really great writing moments between the character dynamics while also just, again, expanding the MCU doing its job of what it's meant to do in terms of like the bigger picture. Yeah. Like seeing, seeing the two of them bicker back and forth reminded me so much of that moment in civil war. Right. When I think they were trying to capture like Spider-Man or something and then they end up on the ground and just look at each other. Uh, and then, and then even at the end of this, this, uh, this trailer, right. Like where they end with, <laughs> with a staring contest and the therapist is just like, just, just blink. <laughs> like it looks so good. So that is coming out. March 19th. So, uh, so yeah, so I guess it would be the Monday after that is going to be uh, get ready for the first Watch Club episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And, uh, and if, you know, if you're interested in, in any of that stuff and you want to write into the show and let us know uh, a little bit more uh, about uh, maybe what you think of WandaVision or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where can they do that, Justin? They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. So, because we've been obsessed with the weekly releases of, as we've been mentioning, Marvel's WandaVision and the upcoming release of Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, we thought we'd try our hand at something that has up until this point seemed impossible. Uh, we are going to give you our pitch for what we would want to see in the new MCU version of the Fantastic Four. This is Total Recast. Okay, guys, so we've all had some time to consider our, our loose plot, cast, and, uh, and, and the movie has already announced a director, which is uh, MCU's Spider-Man director, John Watts. Uh, so we're going to each take turns giving our pitch to see what we come up with, uh, with, this, uh, with Marvel's first family, as they're called. Um, so for this one, why don't we start with the, the, the crusher himself, <laughs> the Kansas City crusher. Kevin Hudson. Put me in the hot seat right away, eh? It's clobbering time, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's clobbering Let's time. Let's go. Flame on. Um, so <laughs> a lot of uh, how I sort of thought about this has stemmed from the last uh, couple episodes of WandaVision. I just think there's been too many little potential Easter eggs and yes. little hints at something that I, I, I almost see it impossible at this stage that we're not going to get some sort of cast member reveal uh, from one of the Marvel's first family here, the Fantastic Four. I think it would be mm -hmm. a great way, even though we won't see a movie till probably 2023 at the earliest, that'll be a great way to almost end Phase 4 with the Fantastic Four. Yes. Uh, but again, I think they are really uh, leaning into some potential hints at their appearance uh, through the show. Specifically, you've got uh, Monica Rambeau's mention of... Uh, you know, an aerospace engineer, which is, you know, Reed Richards to a T. Right. Um, 
you know, they talked about uh, manned space flights uh, via sword in episode four and how yep. they were kind of leaning away from those. And so I don't know where they're going to go, if it's going to be the more traditional route where, you know, the four astronauts go out into space, get some cosmic rays. It changes their molecular makeup. But we've also kind of seen the molecular uh, manipulation with the hex now. And so perhaps they're calling in Reed Richards to study the hex. And this will be the sort of transformative element that leads to our Fantastic Four um, uh, family. So I spent far less time trying to figure out a story and a plot just because I really don't know where they're going to go and how long it's going to take them to sort of reveal a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I'm going with a pretty traditional, you know, four astronauts or engineers of some sort, uh, you know, get manipulated and they're, they change into the Fantastic Four. I want uh, Dr. Doom to be our big baddie. Uh, I'd love him to be the ruler of some made-up country. We've already seen them go that way with Wakanda. You know, they have, they're fully fine with making, you know, pretend countries that serve a, a plotline purpose. And so yeah. however we can sort of bring that character in, uh, f- uh, you know, in that regard would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so should I just jump into my cast then, I guess? Let's hear it, dude. Alrighty, so, um, we obviously had talked before about how we were going to avoid the the rumblings of any potential, uh, casting news. Yes. And obviously the lead news out there for at least what fans have been talking about for years now, it feels like, uh, has been John Krasinski as Reed Richards and Emily Blunt as Sue Richards, correct? That's correct. Right. Or, so, or Sue Storm. Sue or Storm, I guess yes. Sue Richards if they're married, yeah. Right. Um, so I went uh, a different direction from that and, and came up with my own cast list here. For Reed Richards, I want somebody who's going to play it serious. Reed Richards was very much the like straight guy. He was the He's a brilliant man, so he's the, the practical one. He's always, you know, using his head, not, you know, um, uh, so much his personality. And so I went with a star I'd love to see in the MCU, Adam Driver, as my Reed Richards. Really? Wow. I think he okay. Could, I think he could really be a great team leader. I'd love to see him in that role, um, you know. Uh, and then for Sue Richards, um, I awesome. went with Anya Taylor-Joy. So okay. would have most recently seen her on uh, Queen's Gambit. She's also pretty well known from Peaky Blinders. Uh, I think they're close enough in age that their relationship wouldn't bother me. I think they're only about 10 years apart in real life. And that's fine. Reed should be a bit older than Sue yeah. herself. Yeah. Uh, and I just think she could bring uh, a lot of poise to the character. I think she's got a great presence. And so uh, especially after seeing her in Queen's Gambit, I'd love to see her uh, take on uh, something where she can still play a serious role, but maybe have a bit more fun with it. Uh, for my Johnny Storm, um, uh, now I've been trying to get this guy into an MCU movie, more, most specifically as Wolverine. Uh, but if that's going to get poo-pooed on, I'm going to recast him here instead. For my Johnny Storm, <laughs> the Human Torch, I'm going with Zac Efron. Of course, um, yeah. You know, I think he could bring a similar sort of vibe that uh, Chris Evans had when he played the character, who was probably the best part of those two uh, early 2000s Fantastic Four movies. Uh, yeah. And so you get a lot of your energy and fun from Zac Efron uh, in that role. For the Thing, I want somebody who's tough and curmudgeon uh, And so I went with... Uh, 
uh, an action star legend, Jason Statham. I think he'd have such a fun time uh, <laughs> playing the thing, uh, and he would just bring that right That's amount great. of just cantankerous uh, energy. Uh, and then with Doom, I'm bringing in uh, a, a big name here. I want somebody with a lot of screen presence, um, uh, somebody who can really carry the meat of the drama. I'm going with Vigo Mortensen as yes, my Doctor Kevin. Doom. Um, totally. So yeah, again, I have no idea where they're going with it, but uh, if a ca- if a cast like this sort of came into the fray, I think it would just add so much uh, different sort of actors and whatnot to an already very crowded MCU. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Uh, v- Vigo Mortensen was he was on my list as well. I didn't choose him. But he was definitely on my short list because he just has he he has like I mean, I love him in Lord of the Rings as as the good guy. But him as a villain, I just think is so terrifying. Like he's got that face like it's his eyes. I think it's his eyes that get me every time. So what are you thinking? Like an Eastern promises or uh, like that? sort of Right. That would be awesome. That is so cool. Oh, I love that. Excellent. Not bad. I don't think I had anyone else. Uh, that you listed uh, on my on my listing, so that was nice to see. Uh, I was I was considering Anya Taylor Joy, um, but again, I was worried about the age thing. That was the only thing because even even though age wise they are still ten years apart, she just I don't know something about her skews younger looking. I was shocked you know? to see that she was like twenty five this year. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, she she looks much younger for sure. Yeah, yeah, very cool, awesome. All right, well that is uh, that is the. The Fantastic Four. And uh, when is that coming out? When is your production coming out, uh, Kevin? Uh, I think we see snippets of it at the end of WandaVision here. We okay. get maybe our first introduction to Doctor Doom. Because mm-hmm. Doctor Doom uh, himself isn't just uh, like a super... He's He's got... Uh, there's been some element of sorcery involved with him uh, through yeah. the years in the comics. And so I could see him having some kind of role in Doctor Strange. Uh, and I would love that if that was kind of maybe how we, you know, he gets his powers in that sort of, in that sort of movie. So, and so again, but I don't think, I mean, we've still got uh, the director working on Spider-Man right now. So I think it's in very, very early stages. And I know they said Fox did have a script for a standalone Doom movie at one point, but whether that would be used at all to sort of, you know, work off of and, yeah. and go their own direction. I really don't think they've gotten too, too far in that regard. So I'm thinking 2023 at the earliest. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Justin, go ahead. Let's okay. hear you. Let's hear it. What is your, what is your total recast for the fantastic four? Okay. So I'll start with my cast. Um, I went younger. Now, Justin, just before you continue though, you, you know, the, the most failed version of the fantastic four, they attempted to go younger. Are you, are, does this worry you at all? Uh, no, not at all. Because I think though that I think that that movie was just mishandled. That movie had a okay. lot of potential, and it just wasn't yeah. handled well from a studio and director perspective. There was a lot of problems on I mean, behind the scenes with that film. They had so. a terrific cast that they just yeah. absolutely squandered, right? and they had a really so. unique perspective. And I think that that if you're going to adopt anything from what's already been done, take take that. Right, because the other yeah. first two films were very polished, stylized, almost hyper superhero in the Spider-Man, you know, X-Men sort of yeah, genre. Yeah, there were two thousand movies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. you know, let's 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 move it a little bit. You know, 
in a different direction. Um, okay, let's see it. So yeah, I went a bit younger in terms of uh, a cast, and uh, that was because I was hoping that you could they would be in you know not just movies, but they would cameo in movies and 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 also you know in other platforms as we're as we're saying like in Wandavision or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, while they're you know perfect castings, I think they're just they're just too old. I mean, they wouldn't. They would only do like a three movie thing, and then what happens with Reed Richards and Sue Storm and and the Fantastic Four, right? Like, I think right. the idea of having introducing these characters is to hopefully play with them a little bit more throughout the MCU. So I chose a little bit younger. Um, I'll start with Sue Storm. Uh, she's not yeah. super young, but I think that she's in the right age bracket. That I think that would be fairly interesting. I've casted her before uh, in Hercules, I believe, as Meg. Or she was an option, but uh, this is Evan Rachel Wood. Um, I think she'd be oh, nice. it'd be interesting to bring her oh, into yeah. an MCU. Yeah. Um, I went a little bit younger as well for uh, Johnny Storm, Human Torch, because I think he could be a really strong conduit that could carry over through different properties in the MCU, and I think fans would love to see the Human Torch show up in some side adventures. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily associated with. Uh, uh, Fantastic Four. So I chose uh, KJ Appa. Uh, he is Archie from Riverdale. Um, so he. Oh, he's got the hair for it. Well, yeah, yeah. He de- well, he's got like a fiery <laughs> hair, which would be cool if like he didn't yeah. have it at first, and then that just kind of set in as like as he becomes nice. and when he becomes Human Torch. Yeah. Um, uh, ben Grimm, the thing. Uh, this was uh, someone that I chose that was actually. Uh, to be chosen has been rumored to be for Johnny Storm Um, and actually Kevin picked him and it was Zac Efron I thought he would be a great thing what Um, I think he would he could he could he could definitely uh, he could be a bit different and not necessarily be the he'd be the polar opposite of what everyone thinks that he would really bring well to Johnny Storm just give him a challenge and actually push him to be the the bit of the you know the so you couldn't buy him as Wolverine but you'll buy him as the big angry rock fan eh? (laughs) my my story kind of has some other elements involved but 100% Doctor Doom is in it Um, and that character would be played by someone that we've seen in a marvel movie and i don't know what's going to happen with this new multiverse concept uh but michael fassbender uh who has also been magneto if they bring him in then that obviously debunks that but i would love to see michael fassbender in the mcu in some capacity and if they don't do the magneto crossover dr doom would be perfect for him i think it would be absolutely perfect well, yeah, um, he's you go from one you go from one metal helmeted bad guy to another metal helmeted bad guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that totally works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I just added two other characters, uh, and they don't necessarily need to appear in this movie, but I think they should be strongly hinted at. And these two, I, I actually think would be, uh, you know, they're they're inevitable for the MCU, uh, and they do come out of the Fantastic Four, and that is Silver Surfer, and mm-hmm. I would want to see someone like. You know they've been trying to get him for so long, and I, his name has shown up as as one of these characters, and it would be Keanu Reeves. Um, I, I knew it. See, I knew it. You were going to do see, that. I'd love to see Keanu Reeves as Silver Surfer. I think that that's such a smart idea. And and I've actually even think that if you don't introduce him in the, in a Fantastic Four movie, maybe he shows up in Guardians Three. 
Like maybe that's where he could show up, right? Yeah. Like, you know. Okay. And with I that, the same, the next character who's obviously an inevitable for the MCU yet again, uh, a sort of galactical being, and that is Galactus. And I would yep. love to see that voiced by another person that I've casted in the past for roles, and that is Liam Neeson. Of course. Um, so, you know, I, I, he was in my, and it's so funny because he was in my, um, my casting for total recast of, uh, of X-Men. Uh, so I, you know, a, again, I'm just saying like, as long yeah, as you get him somewhere, somewhere, you'll be exactly. <laughs> right. So dude, I think that would be pretty dope. I think that would be pretty great. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, who are you, who was your Reed Richards again? One more time. I didn't even say that. I was wondering. No. Yeah, I, I yeah, thought you might have missed it. That yeah. was the so, blank yeah. spot That's all right. You're saving the best for last. Yeah. <laughs> and our Reed Richards would be yeah. played by Dev Patel. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. I want. Okay. I think. I think the. You're obsessed the, with it. There's another guy you just love, eh? <laughs> I like. I like him. I do like him. Um, I think he. I think he'd be really interesting to have his. Uh, you know, and also just. Again, adopting something from from um, Josh Trank's failed attempt at a Fantastic Four movie, yeah. which was the sort of mixed racial sort of diversity, because they're before, yeah. uh, maybe switching it up a little bit, right? So, um, and you could do that with Sue Storm. Sue Storm doesn't necessarily. I feel like Sue Storm, even though I've chosen Evan Rachel and Will, they, I, they might choose a, like more of a nobody, right? With mm. maybe a little bit more of an ethnic background, just to be a bit mm. different uh, with mm. that. But character. then your Johnny Storm has to be. A similar ethnicity as I mean, well. But, would... but they, I mean, in that 2015 version, they had him adopted, right? Right, right. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan was in it. I like I like your casting of Dev. Just that my one thing about John Krasinski is that I think you need to buy Reed Richards as the smartest guy in the room. And mm-hmm. I can see that coming from a Dev Patel more than a John Krasinski for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just, he just doesn't have that air of just like, I mean, he's at least, in, you know, I, he's always going to be Jim for me, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, and I mean, the only reason Jim was the smartest guy in the room was because, I mean, look at all the other people in the room, right? Like, it's not, gonna, <laughs> not, not, not a lot of competition there. Um, so my story, though, uh, you know, John Watts is 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 tied to direct this film. Um, one thing that we know about John Watts and his approach with with Spider Man is how he infused uh, uh, sort of teen comedy drama style into it, and I feel like that's kind of the approach, uh, the reason why they might want to have approached him to infuse a more fun vibe, uh, while also ingraining some you know family sort of quality to it. Um, so an '80s movie that I know that might not necessarily you think about it right away that has this sort of uh, concept would be something like uh, the Breakfast Club, and in the sense that you know each of the scientists <laughs> would be different mindsets that come together and become a family, uh, very similar cool. to something that is kind of the outcome of of the Breakfast Club. They were all of different mindsets and put into a situation where they then bonded and became one. Um, but I don't think though. I'm going to go skew it a bit different from Kevin because, yes, they've been dropping some serious Easter eggs in WandaVision hinting at at uh, potential Fantastic Four revelations. And uh, I think that we will see some sort of hint at the Fantastic Four in Ant-Man 3 with the introduction of Kang the Conqueror. Uh, this could oh. introduce Reed Richards uh, and his research into the quantum realm and the negative zone. The negative zone is an alternate dimension that has a lot of uh, creature-like uh, aspects to it and, and, it, and it exists within within time. Um, this would also be kind of tied into how Fassbender gets his powers because of the mystical science magic sort of monster that he creates out of out of that and in his own sort of von doom 
uh, world. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be a really interesting way. Now, my story, uh, the story would be set five year in the five-year gap of the blip. Uh, a group of four scientists, uh, all with different mindsets, venture to explore new worlds through a temporal anomaly. However, this adventure has its consequences, leaving the group with fantastical powers and a threat that they never saw coming. As the time passes, their egos will fade and they will become a family. That is Fantastic Four. <laughs> All right. I love the, the family part. I mean, again, you're pulling right from fast. Where we are right now, the Fantastic Four exist and have their powers at this exactly. stage of the MCU, where yes. we are right now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I love yeah. it. You know, again, to, to Kevin's point of, of how, how they have been planting Easter eggs and they could continue to do so and we could be introduced to these characters in, in small ways and then see a sort of like how they came to be uh, sort of uh, event movie, if you will. That's kind of cool. You, you kind of pepper them out throughout the other movies, right? And then, and then you Avengers it, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. so you, could, you could do something like that. No, that, that's great. Very cool. Awesome. awesome. Um, okay, Nate, let's let's hear it. Let's hear all your right. total Everybody, request. I'm going to need you guys, if you're driving, you're going to need to pull over. It's unsafe to drive while listening to this amazing, amazing pitch for a Fantastic Four movie that I have. Of course, if you haven't been doing so already, get the IMDB out, okay? Get looking up some of these people, even though I'm pretty sure you should know most of the people uh, that I've cast on my, my cast here. It's not like pals back when Justin recast friends. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never let it go. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so getting back to uh, my Fantastic Four recast, of course, I always love to give my pitch for the story uh, after uh, I've given the cast. That way you can really close your eyes and, and imagine these actors portraying these roles. So let's go, let's start it off with my, my RR, my Reed Richards, my Mr. Fantastic um, this was tough. This was actually really tough for me because I wanted to get somebody that I thought, you know, could have charm, could have wit. But then I started thinking more and more about Mr. Fantastic. And Kevin, to your point about him being the smartest man in the room, I think he would play, he would be a little bit more of a straight man. He would be a little bit more of a, you know, he doesn't really joke around. And not only that, but, you know, we've got Thor, we've got Ant-Man, we've, we've got, we've got enough sort of goofy MCU characters that I think I think he doesn't need to necessarily uh, go that way. So I chose Joel Kinnaman. I think Joel Kinnaman uh, has the ability to. He's got the physique. He's kind of tall. He's kind of lanky. Um, and I just I don't know. I think give him a chance. You know, give him a chance. I think he's been in. He's had some rough goes. I think with Altered Carbon uh, and him only getting the first season of that before they went to another uh, Avenger, um, Anthony Mackie. Um, you know, I I think. I actually really enjoyed him in that show, and uh, and I just I don't think he's gotten his his glow up, his Hollywood glow up. So this would be that for him. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I hated him as Rick Flag. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's that's a tough sell on me for your main character just, there, just I, based I mean, on that. Yeah, I, what I would recommend, Kevin, even if you don't watch the whole series, even just look up a scene of him in Altered Carbon, and you might sort of get a sense of of what I'm going for. Nice, because uh, he's definitely a different character than Rick Flag in in uh, in that in that movie. Or in that show. Um, next up, Johnny Storm. This was tough for me. I kept going back and forth between two actors. Originally, I considered Taron Egerton as, uh, or Egerton, or however you want to pronounce his name, as uh, as my Johnny Storm. But I thought, you know what? No, let's not do that. Let's reach into the Star Wars universe, the Star Wars pool, and let's pull in my main man, John Boyega. 
to come in and uh, and rock that red jacket like he's rocking a red jacket and he's super cocky and he's he's just a jerk. Um, and I think that would be so much fun. And I think it, you know, imagine his character from Pacific Rim 2, kind of like that cocky sort of jerky kind of guy. But then he has to mature throughout the film. Even uh, even like his character in Attack the Block would bring that the right oh, yeah. kind of energy for sure. That would be so cool. For my Sue Storm, uh, for his older sister, slightly older sister, because uh, I don't think she, I actually think she kind of looks younger, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, I went with Emmy Raver Lampman, uh, who you might know from the Umbrella Academy. Um, I think she's just, I mean, she's absolutely gorgeous, and I think in every Sue Storm iteration we've seen, um, she's always very pretty. <laughs> so um, I just, I kind of went off of that. But I also thought that to your point, um, uh, Kevin, it was you that went with Anya Taylor-Joy, right? Yes. Where you said like she would bring something new to the role or, or some sort of, you know, something different. I definitely think Emmy Rever Lantman would be able to kind of bring that uh, to the Sue Storm role. Uh, and I think it would just be a great pairing as a sister uh, to, to John Boyega. And, and I think she would also work really well on screen with Joel Kinnaman. For Ben Grimm, um, do, is it just thing or the thing? I don't, I don't know. I, I had so many people, um, just on my, my like short list. I had Terry Crews was a thought for me for a second <laughs> that I thought would be fun. But then I was like, nah, you know what? Like I've never seen him play anything seriously. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he can't do it. I just haven't seen it. And I want my, I want my thing to have some, some more serious moments. Uh, I considered before I went the serious route. I considered Nick Offerman. I considered Danny McBride. Uh, uh, and then when I started to get a little more serious, I th- I started thinking Ron Perlman, Jesse Plemons. Um, but where I ended up, where I settled, was kind of like a cross between Jesse Plemons and Ron Perlman. I went with Michael Cudlitz, uh, which if you don't know Michael Cudlitz, um, he played Abraham in The Walking Dead. Uh, and I mean, if you just look at the guy. It, he just he looks like he doesn't look like the thing, but he looks so much like he'll fit that role. And uh, and from my experience of watching him on The Walking Dead, I just loved his uh, the way that he was. He was super tough, but he also was he was a big softy. He was a big teddy bear on that show. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, the route that I want to take his character. Um, and then for my Doctor Doom, uh, you know, I looked at a, a, a ton of people. Um, before I settled on this guy, I, I was looking at Vigo Mortensen was on my short list. I had Javier Bardem on my short list for, uh, for Dr. Doom. Um, I was looking at also like maybe like, a, a Denzel Washington, uh, on there as well, which I thought would be crazy. Um, but who I ended up going with for Dr. Doom is somebody a little out of left field. He can play a little bit, you know, quirky and funny, but he also... When he wants to be a bad guy, I think he's excellent in it. And that's John Hamm. Oh, man. I was going to pick him. Right? Just, I literally was Google image searching John Hamm, and I'm like, please show me an image where he looks evil. And I think it's, um, isn't he, he's in Baby Driver, isn't he? And he, yeah. he's got his yeah. hair slicked back, and I was just, and he's got, he's got guideliner like Kevin likes to wear sometimes. And I was watching it, and I, or I was looking at this image, and I was just like, yes, like that is Ah, that's Doctor Doom. Like, I'm so I would be so stoked to see his transition into that character. Yeah, because he could bring that rogue charm that you, you, right? he needs to be a charming guy as well as an evil guy, and he can do both at the same time. You know, so. right? He could be scary, dude. Oh, man. Um, so, guys, let me let me get into uh, the storyline here. Okay, are you ready? 
This is this is uh, this is the new Fantastic Four MCU. This is directed by John Watts, produced by Kevin Feige, uh, and written by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. Okay, uh, so get ready for for this craziness. Strap in. Um, our Fantastic Four, as well as Victor Von Doom, who uh, in this movie. Um, is Reed Richards' best friend and best man, uh, as Reed Richards is engaged to Sue Storm. They're they're going to get married. Um, they're out on a top secret mission given them uh, given to them by Sword. At this moment, they all already have their powers, but Doctor Doom isn't Doctor Doom. He's just he's just Victor Von Doom. When all of a the sudden they disappear in the snap. They come back, but it's, it's not at the same time as everyone else on Earth due to the fact that they were also sucked through a black hole at the very moment the snap happened, causing them to seemingly return much later than everyone else on Earth. So, so basically what I'm saying is they don't blip back at the same time as everyone. Kind of strange. Now, when, when, you know, as far as when we're introduced to Victor Von Doom, I'm thinking we get a Captain Marvel 2 end credit sequence where, you know, she discovers, uh, she, she hear, sees a distress call coming from a destroyed sword facility called the Rosebud 2, okay? And she goes to investigate. And then, and then our movie sort of picks up right there. So after further investigation, she discovers five passengers, Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, Benjamin Grimm, uh, all asleep in a cryostate, and a malnourished and dazed Victor Von Doom barely surviving. She helps them return back to Earth, where they recover in a sword rehabilitation clinic, and uh, they have to go through a quarantine process uh, and are kept from each other and the rest of the world for 30 days until they're released. Upon their release, they all reunite except for Victor, who is nowhere to be seen. Throughout the film, both Victor's Path and our Fantastic Four team, uh, you know, we, we see them start to realize uh, some strange things going on around in the world around them. For instance, a barbecue restaurant that Johnny used to go to all the time is open and under new management, even though he remembers they were shut down years ago. It's getting confusing. <laughs> Dude, get ready for that. It's going to get even more confusing. Sue, Sue notices that she thinks she sees someone that looks like ex-Stark Industries CEO Obadiah Stane on a news broadcast. And then Victor, we cut to another, you know, Victor on the run here. We, we see Victor notices the World Trade Center looks fine in New York. And then receives a call from his mother, who informs him that his wife and kids are so happy he's alive and can't wait to see him. The only issue is, his wife and kids died in the attack on New York. This is where we get the twist of the film, and this is where they realize they're not on their Earth. They're not on Earth 199-999. Getting blipped while traveling through a wormhole caused them to travel through the multiverse, and they end up in the wrong dimension. They start working on a plan to get back to their dimension when they're visited by the Ancient One, played by Tilda Swinton, who informs them that the Earth is going to be destroyed by something in one week. That's something we later learn to find out is Galactus, who I was originally going to have Liam Neeson voice. Thanks, Justin. Uh, but instead, I'm going with my backup, Brian Cranston, uh, going to be voicing Galactus. He's already played a giant big head character uh before so i thought that would work so they have one week to figure it out they have to you know they have to kind of figure out how how can they how can they get back uh and and tilda swinton the ancient one tells them the only way they can get back is if they recreate the circumstances for uh in which how they arrived uh 
This means that they have one week to find Victor and escape. They find Victor living with his family and discuss the plan to leave with him when he refuses and violently forces them to leave his residence. He's not on board with their, with their plan and he doesn't care if the world that he's in burns as long as he gets to live out one more week with his wife and kids. The team struggles with not only getting Victor on board, but also they struggle with the idea of leaving this entire earth to be destroyed, except for Johnny Storm, who's very much like, let's get out of here. These people don't matter. They're not real. We can't change anything anyways. Um, So they're going to have to find a way to stop Galactus while at the same time convince Victor to leave his family behind. And because of that, they end up, uh, some actions end up happening in the film that cause Victor to lose his family yet again, causing him to resent them and become Dr. Doom. Our end credit stinger of the movie, we see Victor speaking with a terrifying villain who promises he has a way to bring his family back. He just has to devote his soul to him. And that is Mephisto, played by Liam Neeson. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Fantastic Four, and it comes out in 2024. Guys, what do you think? So I think, I honestly think that at some point in time, we'll need to sit down with you and talk to you about what a pitch is. Because what you just demonstrated was so convoluted that if you were in a pitch, they would have just, they they would have just been nodding and going, right, well, thank you for coming in. Make sure you get uh, your candies on the way out. Thank you. I mean, um, come on. You've got to admit some of those ideas were, were interesting, though, right? If I could follow a little bit more of the trajectory of, of what it was, there was just a lot happening. Yes. Now, were we going to get explanations of, like, multiverses and stuff through other movies before your very confusing one 100% keep in mind this is this is this is the idea right like by the time you get to this movie in 2023 2024 I'm I'm going with 2024 just for the marketing aspect of having the four in the title um, but I, I gotta say like by the time we get there I think this is very plausible and understandable I think I think multiverses and and seeing the ancient one like we've already gotten to see a little bit of that and her like expanding the timeline with her talking with Hulk and Endgame like I don't know I just feel like there, there's there's definitely uh, we, we you know we don't have to hold the hand of our our, our viewers that much uh, with this film and I just think I just think it makes a lot of sense I don't know I think it would be so much fun to to have that sort of dichotomy of of having Victor be a good character throughout the pretty much the entirety of the film and and have that sort of really sadness where no he's not a mama's boy like he was in the comics he's actually a, a he's just a, an amazing man who cares and has a devoted family that was ripped away from him in the attack on New York I'll give you points for giving your villain more humility than just yeah. you know him being a villain right like yeah. there's 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 a sense of loss there so i'll give you points for that so sweet but if this was a competition you would lose by far because that was not a pitch <laughs> i just like, you sound like just... jerry seinfeld right that was not a pitch <laughs> that was not that was so busy i i enjoyed your <laughs> cast though i thought your cast was 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 well selected very diverse cool. um each each person is is would bring something unique uh, to the role, so I, I I enjoy I enjoyed who you selected, but yeah, that story like I'm gonna have to re-listen to this episode just I think to you'll see love if it. I understand. I yeah, don't, I don't yeah. know. I think you're gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, either way, I, you know, one of the most enjoyable things is seeing how differently we sort of approach the cast oh, for course. these yeah. total recasts. Yeah. So yeah. we certainly hit that. Guys, we have a bonus cast, believe it or not. Uh, we actually had a listener of the show write in, uh, and, and I, I just sort of mentioned to them we were recasting the the uh, the the Fantastic Four, and they wrote in with their cast. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Uh, this is a this Absolutely. is a total recast from Matthew Rona uh, from Toronto. Thank you so much for writing in, Matt. Um, we've got uh, we've got he, he, okay. So he sets it up. He says, "Mr. Fantastic, John Hamm." So he's going, he's going the opposite way. He's going with that sort of charming, debonair. And I, I, I struggled with that idea. I thought maybe that would actually work as well. That would work as well. That would right? work really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. And then for his invisible woman, he went with Naomi Watts, bringing oh. her into the fold in the MCU. Um, and I think a big part of that might have to do with the, some of the age. Uh, you know, they're very similar in age with John Hamm and Naomi Watts. I think that would work really well. Yeah. And the, okay, um, I'm going to save my favorite one that he did for the last. But uh, for well, actually, this one's really good too. For the thing, he went with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> That's great. That's right. Good. Like Could that, I possibly actually. be a rock? <laughs> <laughs> my body is changing. My body is changing. Um, and then so with his Doctor Doom, he went with Vincent Cassell. Or Vincent Castle, I don't know how you pronounce. Oh, the French that guy's French name. actor from um, yeah, he was in uh, the French film Hate, and then uh, he was also in obviously Ocean's Twelve. He was the villain in Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, he, he was the fox. Oh yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that would be really cool. He's in Westworld. Yes, he's in Westworld too. That's how you would know. Yeah. Him, I guess. Um, and then okay for his Human Torch, and this is my favorite one. And I know Kevin, you're not a big fan of musicals, but. He and don't worry, he didn't choose Lin Manuel Miranda for Human Torch. Well, then I'll still listen. <laughs> he chose Jonathan Groff, which I think is absolutely excellent as a Johnny Storm. Do you guys know? You guys know Jonathan Groff, right? Uh, uh no, even no. Looking at his IMDb, I'm not too familiar with him. Oh but, my uh... gosh! I mean, he's in Hamilton. He's known for Glee. He's just so charming and so like kind and 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 sweet in those shows, but he can also kind of be a bit of a, a, a dick. Um, so I think that would be I don't know. I think it would be really good. Great. Definitely out of left field. Yes. He's not from Frozen, is he? He no, is, yes. Yes, yeah, he's Kristoff. Yeah. yeah, he's Kristoff. Yeah, he's Kristoff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that would be really, really fun. Thank you so much, Matt, for writing in with your total recast. Yeah, I know that's awesome. Um, and uh, and I mean, we already mentioned our our email. If any of our other listeners want to write in with their version of a total recast, um, but guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, and if you have any theories or or any ideas on how, how you know we can see the Fantastic Four show up in the MCU, I'm going to mention it one more time. Justin, I left a note on the other side of the studio, but I can't quite reach it. I was wondering if you could use your powers to reach it and tell the viewers where they can write in. Yes, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Please write in and tell Nate how to pitch a movie. Please. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to give you a compliment on the fact that you said they can reach us, but now I'm not even going to give it to you, okay? Uh, (laughs) uh, Guys, we hope you enjoyed this week's fantastic fourth episode. Uh, And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Because we are geek centric and you can be too, uh, which means you can catch us uh, on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. You can follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt. Uh, Justin's popping out some banger tweets over there, so you got to check that out. Uh, and of course, you can follow us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Um, also, if you don't know, I am streaming on Twitch most days. 
Um, schedule's a little bit up in the air right now, so I'm not hitting my, my Tuesday, Thursday cadence, but uh, follow me on nate.playsgames on Instagram if you want to keep up with, with my schedule. Every Sunday night, though, I am going to be streaming some Super Mario 35, some Super Mario 64, and I will tell you, boys, those games are, like, Super Mario 64 is incredibly difficult. Like, I don't know how people, I don't know how kids, I don't know how Nintendo was like, kids are going to be great at this. They're going to love it. First of all, it's the first 3D game of its kind like that. And not only is it like that, the camera is awful and it's so slippery and slidey. <laughs> I, so ultimately what I'm saying is if you want to see a grown man freak out and almost throw his controller on a stream, it's a great Sunday night. You can, you know, you can get a drink and, and enjoy uh, along with me. So come say hi. Let's keep the conversation going over there on Twitch. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. And as we say, love ya. Stay home safe. Peace.